Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will bring God, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. When the Bible says, but I wouldn't, but I would have you to be uh, ignorant brethren, but I would have, let me, let me try that again. Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Ignorant of what? And I want to just start by way of introduction. We're going to get to some of this material. But I don't believe, at least in this immediate context, it's not talking about post-trip or pre-trip. Although we can make the argument that, yeah, they're ignorant of that. They don't know about the timing of this. Because when we hear the words post-tribulation and we hear the words pre-tribulation, all of that language and wording has to do with timing. And we certainly are going to get to timing. But the main context of this I don't believe is the timing. At least we're not going to look at the timing tonight. And so if it's not the timing, if they're not ignorant of post-trib, pre-trib, we have to come away with the next question that comes up is, well, what is it that they are ignorant of? It says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not. So, what are they ignorant of? Brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Um, what now is causing them sorrow? Because the Bible says that ye sorrow not. So let's read this again. Let's see if we can pick up a little bit of steam and gain a little momentum. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. People want an answer to a question that isn't specifically answered right here. Post-trip or pre-trip. Meaning, when is the rapture going to take place? Meaning, referring to timing. Timing. We get a lot of details. But when we read this, we don't get the specific, well, when. 
why isn't the when answered? Well, we are going to answer the when, but we can't answer everything in one uh, sermon series. And Paul can't teach everything about the rapture in six verses. So what is he teaching here? What's the point I'm trying to make is uh, not sorrowing. He doesn't want them to sorrow and he wants them to have hope and he wants them to have comfort. First Thessalonians chapter three, verse number two. Let's look at this for a second. Get a little bit more context. Bible says to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Uh, go over to uh, chapter number four. Look at verse number 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So. What is he teaching here? The context of first Thessalonians you will look at is comfort. He wants them to have comfort. Um, and then we, we see this thing of sorrowing. It says in verse number 13 of chapter four. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, that ye sorrow not. So he doesn't want them to sorrow. And then look at verse number, uh, go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter not, uh, number 1. He wants them to have hope. Look at verse number 3 of chapter 1. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. First Thessalonians chapter two, look at verse number 19 uh, for way of uh, understanding this hope. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? He wants them to have comfort. He wants them to have hope. He doesn't want them to sorrow. Now let's go back to chapter number four, verse number 13. Back to our verse, but I would have not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So we are going to talk about order. The Bible does contain scripture verses on the timing of the rapture. Is it post-trib or pre-trib and all that? We are going to look at all of that. But tonight I want to look at what is the main context here. He doesn't want them to sorrow. He wants them to have hope. He wants them to have comfort. But what are they specifically ignorant of? And that is they don't believe in a resurrection. The resurrection is the main crux of this that we have to be able to get first before we get into order and timing. And the break is abrupt. When we read verses one all the way down to 12. And then this break here at verse number 13, but it's not as abrupt as we think it is. Everybody says when you look at chapter number four, you read down to the first 12 verses. And then all of a sudden, once you get from 13 to 18, there's like this real stark break. And yes, there is a break. But let's look at some context because I don't think it's as broken up as we try to make it. In verse number one, look at what we find. It's basically how the brethren ought to walk and please God. Look what it says. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren. And then it goes down to the middle of verse and it says that as you have received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So verse number one, the brethren, they learn how to walk and please God. Look at verse number three, what they learn. The brethren learn the will of God, abstain from fornication, know how to possess your vessel. That's verse three. You keep going in verses five through eight. Um, 
they learn you don't defraud the brethren. Don't act unclean. Don't act unholy. Don't act like the heathen Gentiles with which know not God. So from the start of this chapter, we see how the brethren should walk and please God. We see the will of God for the brethren. We see how the brethren shouldn't defraud each other. And then as we go on, we see the brethren should have brotherly love. How do we show that? Well, we mind our own business. We work with our own hands. We walk honestly. All right. We see all that in verses 11. And now when we get to verse number 13, it's still flowing with the context here, brethren. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. How to walk, how to be in the will of God, how to show brotherly love. And now it's, brethren, here's some facts about the resurrection. Some facts about the resurrection. Even as others which have no hope. Well, unbelievers don't have hope. Unbelievers don't believe in a resurrection. You say, well, aren't these Christians? Yes, they are Christians. But these are new converts. They, they, they don't have more than a month or a few months of training under Paul. And go to Acts 17 and let, let's see this. So we can't assume that they believe in a resurrection because they're because they're believers. Let's get over to Acts 17 and see if we can. Bible says now when they had passed in verse number one through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Where was a synagogue of the Jews? And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So they're in Thessalonica. They're in a synagogue with the Jews. And now Paul, what is he doing? Opening and alleging, verse 3, that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Christ, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And he goes on and on. And then there's this big, abrupt <laughs> problem that starts to happen. And these are new converts from Paul from Thessalonica. And now as we go back to First Thessalonians, he's dealing with the fact that, look, you guys got to understand the fact of the matter is there is going to be a resurrection. How can some believers not believe in a resurrection? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse number 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? These are saved people. And they're saying, wait a minute. I don't believe in a resurrection. Look at verse number 29. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Again, these guys aren't understanding or believing rather a resurrection. Let's go over to Acts 18.
So we just came out of 1 Corinthians 15. Those are Corinthian believers. 1 Corinthians 15. Now Acts chapter number 18. Look at verse number 1. And these things Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. So this is Paul getting to Corinth. Go over to verse number 11. Right? We read all the way down. We come to verse 11 and it says, And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Now go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Acts chapter 18, we see in verse 1, Paul's at Corinth. In verse number 11, we saw how long was he there teaching these guys? A year and a half. These are not new converts. These folks have been under Paul's teaching for a year and a half. And they're struggling with believing the resurrection. Now, it's all important to me, the timing and all this post-trib, pre-trib. But what comes first is you got to believe there's a resurrection. <laughs> this is important. Before you put the timing anywhere, you've got to be able to believe in a resurrection. So you got the post-trip camp. You got the pre-trip camp. Let's start with at least let's be in the resurrection camp. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to get to the order and the timing. But the most important thing that I would like to draw out tonight is we have new converts in, in, Thessal in Thessalonica that have been under Paul's teaching for months, months or two. They don't believe in a resurrection. They're sorrowing as those that have no hope. We also see in, in 1 Corinthians 15, and we cross-reference that to Acts 18, that we've got believers that are a year and a half into it. They've been under Paul for a long time. It says he's been there for a year and a half. They don't believe in a resurrection. Folks, it's important that we believe in a resurrection. <laughs> this is very, very key to before we even make any headway out of out of first year, getting into second year. And it's not far fetched to believe if, if the Corinthians didn't believe it's it's not too far from Thessalonica and the, the Greek culture. It's all pretty much the same. And the Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter number four. Um, look at the end of verse 13. It says, no hope. They are mistaken. And Paul is trying to bring these believers up to speed to recognize and realize that the truth is this. There is a resurrection. The argumentation is the same. Paul argues in 1 Thessalonians 4 and in 1 Corinthians 15. He argues the truth of the resurrection. He doesn't argue the timing of it. Look at verse, look at um, 1 Corinthians 15 again. Stay with me. I know this is kind of meaty and you got to keep turning your brain on and off of different passages. But look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 15 verses number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead? And become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ 
shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. He argues the truth and the fact that there is a resurrection. So we have the same problem in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 as we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We have believers, some newer to the faith, some in the faith for a while, and they don't believe in the resurrection. And Paul is going to argue for the truth and the fact that that will happen. Main problem, not believing in the resurrection. Okay, so here's the next question. But isn't there order here? Yes, there is. There is, of course. Shouldn't we pay attention to that order? Yes, of course we should. And yes, we will. Look at verse number 14 in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. The main point of this verse is you can pretty much count on a resurrection. Verse number 15. Here's some order for this. We say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So we see some order. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. So we see some order, but we have the main point is we need to have the fact and the truth of the resurrection first. It's facts over order, truth over facts, whatever they saying was main point is there is resurrection and then of course the order follows look at what it says them also which sleep in Jesus Kelly covered this a bit two weeks ago um, these the seventh day Adventist teach teach soul sleep. Um, they believe, we don't believe this, the Bible doesn't teach this, but they don't believe that the soul is immortal. They only believe that immortality is connected to God. And we can only be immortal if we're connected to God. And so if you're not connected to God or saved, how they would say you would be saved, then when you die, then that's just going to be it. Because your soul can't be immortal. Why? What's their reasoning? Well, the Seventh-day Adventists believe, like I said earlier, only God is immortal. So for you to get immortality, you have to be connected to God. And if you're not, well, when you die, that's just it. <laughs> you just cease to exist. No, no, nothing. Uh, let's go back to Ecclesiastes 9. Let, let me just show you a little something here. Take a little side trail. 
Ecclesiastes chapter number nine. Verse number three, Ecclesiastes 9.3, this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. That there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. This is one of the text verse they'll use to teach soul sleep. But look up at verse number three. Where is the context of this? Uh, under the sun, there is an evil among all things that are under the sun. Where is that? That's down here on earth. The living know that they shall die. Well, down here on earth, I know I'm going to die. You're alive. You know you're going to die. But the dead know not anything. They know not anything of what? Of here on the earth anymore because they're dead. It has to do with being under the sun. It has to do with being here on earth. And that anything to do with you're going to go into a soul sleep. They know nothing under the sun. That's the context of this. Now, you know, God says, he'll never knew you. Depart from me, works of iniquity, I never knew you. And uh, part of why hell is so horrific is the fact that God's not even going to, he's not even going to know who you are. He just wiped out from his memory. But you still exist. Your body doesn't. But your soul does live forever. And so this idea of soul sleep. Uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous doctrine because. It's not true. It's not true. Okay. All right. One more thought, and then we will wrap up the lesson. Let's go back to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. We'll be in chapter number four. Look here in verse number 13. We're going to back up one verse, but I or no, 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 that's where we started. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Verse number 13 starts this little break of a new thought. What's the beginning of the context? The fact that there will be a resurrection. Let's look at the end, the conclusion of the context. Let's look at verse number 17. That we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. What is that? A resurrection. To meet the Lord in the air and so we shall ever be with the Lord. Again, it concludes with the fact that there will be a resurrection. 
Go over to chapter 5, look at verse number 10. The conclusion of that thought there is uh, who died for us, chapter 5, verse 10, that whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Again, the main emphasis is the fact of a resurrection. Where does the order come in? Order brings together the timing of all of this for the end times. It brings together the strength of the fact that there is a resurrection. What were they ignorant of? They were ignorant of a belief in the resurrection. Why in the world would you sorrow as those who have no hope? Because you don't believe in a resurrection. Corinthian believers, they were discipled a lot longer than the Thessalonican believers. But they still had the same mistake. We looked at that in Acts chapter 18. We saw Paul was with the Corinthian believers. He stayed there for a year and a half. And these Corinthian believers in chapter number 15, we see they made the same mistake, unbelief in the resurrection. The same mistake that the newer converts in Thessalonica are making. We also see the context of 1 Thessalonians emphasizes the fact of a resurrection, just like 1 Corinthians. And so before we move into the timing of post-trib and pre-trib and where does it fit and all that, we're going to get into all of it. We can't start that until we first believe that's the most important thing. We believe that there will be a bodily resurrection. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.